Live right here, brought to you by those good people at the Hockey News and, of course, Fired Up Network. And I've got a guy that's going to get you fired up just in a few seconds. But I want to tell you something. It's COVID, COVID, COVID. Everybody's talking about it. Obviously, we'll have to chat just a little bit about what's going on in the National Hockey League with the Olympics. Joe Piscucci knows it all, and he's going to give us his opinion. But I got to tell you today, I had to go see a good friend. As we know what's going on, I had to stay very dis- very socially distanced. He's one of my best buddies. He's a little bit older than me. I love the guy dearly. Uh, we met in his garage. Tony was with me. And he came to give me a hug. And his wife, no, stop. And he couldn't give me a hug. And if you know it, I am a hugger. And Dick Flynn, my friend, is a hugger. Or maybe that's a bugger. And it was just one of those surreal moments where you thought, we can't do this. So I sent him a virtual hug with a hockey puck. Hey, listen, uh, what a day. What a day. Uh, Jordan, my producer, we were going downtown to get ready to do our three-camera shoot at the bottom line. And as we were getting everything organized, we got the message. Here he is for a sec, Jordan LaRoche. Hey, Gooch. I'll tell you what, I'm really excited about bringing Joe up, but I had to bring you up first because I was supposed to be with you downtown doing a three-camera shoot. Your father just flew in all the way from Thailand to see our great set. What happened? I I mean, it's just a mess. I mean, a couple couple of guys uh, on the least protocol list uh, from yesterday. Um, I mean, it's it's just an ugly scenario. We heard today that a couple of them have symptoms now as well. So uh, this whole thing is just scary. And... I mean, I don't know what to say. I mean, it, well, it's, it's, I'm speechless. I'll tell you what to say. It's Tyler Myers. He's the one that created all this because as soon as he was announced, and he's a Winnipegger, so I guess, or well, he wasn't a Winnipeg. He's he not was. a Winnipegger, but he was. And he was a very good hockey player. Yeah, I know yesterday we said, let's stop talking about COVID, but holy shit. It's just, <laughs> it's growing a life on its own. I know. My, my, my phone's just blowing up. I think we have a couple more guys on uh, COVID protocol. All right, uh, TJ Brody, Jack Campbell, Travis Dermott, and 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 Sheldon Keefe. Well, all right. You know what I'll do is I'm going to bring Joe up here in a second, and then you and I let's just end it off as soon as uh, we finish with Joe. We'll just end off with any of the breaking news that you have. Let's do it right at the end. What do you think? Sounds good. All right, ladies and gentlemen, here he is, the man, Joe Pescucci. Hello, Carrie. Hello, Joe. Hey, listen, I want to say this to you. I've had Scott Taylor, Peter Young. I actually forgot Peter Young's name yesterday. How do you forget (laughs) Peter Young's name? And it's Peter, Peter. I called Perry Miller, Peter Miller. It's just so, you know what? You're so good at this. And I'm, I'm still a beginner trying to learn how to craft, get the craft in, in place. Do you ever have those moments where you just. All the time. I'm, I'm, a bit, I'm a bit dyslexic, so the, sometimes there's names that are hard for me to remember. Oh. I have to keep asking uh, that individual what their name is. Oh yeah, because I, I'll forget. Like it's, it's happened a few times before a live interview, or I'll, for some reason, I just can't rem- 
I just it won't click in my mind yeah. what that person's name is. And I, I remember one time I asked this person about 10 times before we started the live interview. What is your name? You know, and you still said it wrong. No, I, I got it right, but I was nervous. I well, was Jordan, nervous. Jordan has to do phonics for me. Anything Russian, oh my God, unless it's Yuri, I'm in big trouble. <laughs> hey, listen, Joe, thanks for, for coming on, of course. Uh, you've got some really interesting uh, news. To, we'll, we'll talk about that afterwards. It has to deal with 1982, where uh, obviously Peter Young is going to be on January 2nd talking about uh, the 40-year anniversary of that gold medal win. And we'll leave it at that. We'll talk about that in a second. I want to do a shout-out to Matthew Meiser, all the way from Argentina. Matthew, if you don't know it, Joe Piscucci is a 200. Uh, 2015 CFL Hall of Famer. <laughs> the media wing. Of the, it doesn't uh, the matter. All reporters of the Canadian Football Hall of Fame. Yeah. Well, that is oppressive. I knew that before, but I went and read some more stuff about you. That's incredible. But you're also a big Winnipeg Blue Bombers fan, so we got to give it a few minutes. Let's yeah. talk about the Big Blue. I'll tell you what. My brother, as you know, is a huge uh, Winnipeg Blue Bomber fan. He lives in Saskatoon, but <laughs> so you know the whole rivalry between right. Saskatchewan. So and- he's got to keep his head low during Labor oh, Day weekend. Not- not my brother. He, you know, he's boisterous. He's a little bit more boisterous than myself when, when it comes to sports. Uh, talk to us about your love for the CFL and, of course, obviously the great honor that were, was bestowed to you. But uh, I know you're a big Blue Bomber fan. Well, and what did yeah. it mean to see them? Well, I, I like Canadian football. I, I like the rules. I also like the National Football League as well. I just uh, I like Canadian football. I grew up with it. I played with it. Uh, I, I like the, you know, the, it's sort of a thinking man's kind of game at times, especially if you look at the Grey Cup there in the fourth quarter, those two single points. Uh, you know, off the kickoff. So they were crucial. That yeah. That is what decided the game. And I like, I'm trying to figure out if that Hamilton player, like, especially on the first one, because, you know, he reached up to try and grab the ball off the kickoff and it went off his hand through the end zone for a single point. Now, if the ball goes through the end zone on a kickoff untouched, there's no point. Oh, I didn't know that. There's no point. So there was no, there was no point putting your hand up to touch the ball to give them a point yeah and so and then the second one of course uh orlando steinhauer said he left it up to the player to decide you know whether he was going to run it out or concede the single point i was like oh you know that that has to be a coach's decision not a player's decision so those those two single points off the kickoff cost uh, the Tiger Cats, uh, the Grey Cup, because they would have been kicking to win the game and not just kicking it to send it to overtime on a field goal. Hey, Joe, but that's can why I, ask- I like Canadian football, because just there's a lot of unique little rules, and so you really have to think your way through it. Can I ask you a question? Because I, I, I'm a, a Fairweather uh, CFL fan. I'm only a Blue Bombers. The only time I ever watch it. And and what could you tell me about the situation where uh, Michael Shea, Mike Shea, uh, sorry, Shea, um, O'Shea, yeah. yeah, O'Shea said to his players um, when that when I think they they got it into uh, they took the two point the the safety and I was yelling at the team what are you doing what are you doing and then my brother called me and said and I said it what are you doing and he said gooch 
if he kicks it, it's going. Yeah, like well, I guess yards. the wind was pretty strong, though. They had, I think, their uh, the Bombers kicker was a little better than the Ticats uh, punter on that day. He was terrible. Yeah. Well, if, so I can, so I can understand, you know, the reason for giving it up. What I didn't understand was why the the Bomber punter, you know, as soon as he got the ball from the snap, went down on one knee, right, and conceded the safety. Why not run around the end zone and, you know. Hopefully, kill some time. you know, kill 10 seconds because yeah. the win was such a factor in the game. As we saw, the Bombers, That's a good point. Uh, you know, held off to the fourth quarter to take the win. And it, it helped them, you know, regain the lead. Yeah. So um, that was my, that was my only doubt was why did he not run around and kill some time off the clock? Because I've seen that happen many yeah. times before. All right, Joe, from football, of course, the Blue Bombers, uh, I call it, they've already done the three-peat. They had it in 219, 220, <laughs> and 221. Uh, so our three-peats are already in place. Talk to us a little bit about, obviously, what's going on. Uh, we know that you started out as a Toronto Maple Leaf fan. Now, of course, you are a true uh, Winnipeg Jets fan. Uh, Paul Maurice, as you know, has resigned. Uh, and um, were you surprised uh, – with this decision at the time that it happened? Uh, okay. I'm going to say I was more surprised by the number of media personnel that said that they were surprised that he did this. Really? I was surprised that he did it on a game day. That's for sure. But yeah. I look back over the, you know, the last few seasons with Paul Maurice as head, as head coach. And especially after last season with uh, their four-game sweep by the Montreal Canadiens. And to me, it was crystal clear that uh, that Paul Maurice had taken this team as far as he could, you know, uh, and which he said, said that in his press conference on Friday. And just a couple of weeks ago, I was doing a radio interview on one of the radio stations in, in, in Winnipeg. And I basically said that, you know, in my opinion, Paul Maurice you know, the Jets, uh, you know, they've he's taken the team as far as he can. And and it's time to move on because they're not getting any better. They were making they've been making the same mistakes for yeah. the last four or five seasons. Nothing has changed. And the you know, this season he did change his philosophy a little bit because they were dumping the puck in more, playing that dump and chase game, which they hadn't been because for years. And for seasons, the the Jets, I thought, were leading the NHL in turning the puck over at their blue line and the opposition blue line, and you know, and you still see that in their game now. And this season, he's tried to change that. Uh, it hasn't entirely been successful, but uh, you know, the message obviously wasn't getting through. I mean, it's the same old, same old. And there was a game against Minnesota this year. Yes, they're holding on to a one goal lead. And Minnesota has the, has their net amp. They've got the extra attacker out. So he's put out Kyle Connor, Mark Shifley, and, uh, and Stastny. And Connor's got two goals in the game. So he's trying to reward him by getting him the hat-trick goal. But Minnesota is all over that unit. And, you know, for a good minute or more. And fortunately... For the Jets, they don't get scored on, but they go the other way and they score a goal into the empty net. But video review shows that Kyle Connor was offside. That's right. So the goal was disallowed. I recall. So, so what happens when they drop the puck again? Who does Paul Maurice have out there? He's got Kyle Connor, Mark Shifley, and Stastny. And this time, Minnesota scores. Yeah, we lose in overtime. overtime yep. where they win. 
And then you look at the Edmonton game. They had a great two games against Edmonton. And they win the first game. The second game was back and forth, one of the best hockey games of the season. Connor McDavid gets a four-minute penalty, right? He has the same four players on the power play for most of the four minutes. They do not score. The Jets lose. And since that game, yeah. and since that power play, that four-minute power play, the Jets have not looked the same. And I have noticed in Paul Maurice's press conferences, you know, after games, in the past few seasons, whenever they lost, he'd be really angry. He'd be very short and yes, curt. Right. This season, not so much. Not, not at all. You know, not angry at all. You know, not visibly angry. So I noticed that kind of change in his personality. And like I said, a, a couple of weeks ago, I just, I said that in my opinion, there should be a change because I think he's taken this team as far as he can, which he, he said he, that was one of the reasons he stepped aside. He also had those feelings last off season after that playoff loss to the Montreal Canadiens, because remember the Jets had eight days off after the Edmonton series, yep. right. To prepare and they were not prepared to play no, they the weren't. Montreal Canadiens. Game one, they were not prepared, right? And the Montreal Canadiens are a team that just sits back and waits for you to come at them and turn the puck over. Yeah. So what did the Jets do? They just played right into their game for three for the next three games. They they weren't even close in that series. No. And why wouldn't he change what they're trying to do? And. So, Joe, can I ask you this question? Because uh, some people are delicate about asking it, but I'm not. Was this his decision, or do you think he was given the alt? Hey, listen, because he's so close to Chipman. Listen, you know what? We got to make a change. Let's do I, it. Yeah, Let's do it. I, I, I sense that he could see that there was it was inevitable. Okay, right. And I think that he had, you know, that there's too much respect both ways, Mark Chipman and Kevin Chevaldayoff, for the job that Paul Maurice did after taking over from Claude Noel and, you know, and taking this team as far as he can, you know, to the conference finals against Vegas and how he has, you know, built up this team. And and Paul Maurice has too much respect for Mark Chipman and Kevin Chevaldayoff to just hang on and hang on, you know, and, you know, and force them to make that decision to have to let him go. So I, I think he's, I think he knew that, you know, he wasn't going to be able to turn this thing around. So it's <clears> best <throat> to leave. You know, he said that they needed to hear a new voice, right? Maybe delivering the same message, but a new voice, but I'm beginning to wonder, is Dave Lowry a new voice? No, no. He's the same voice. Yeah. You know, it's the same voice and, and how much can he really change? Uh, you know, in what the what the Jets are doing, they didn't play all that bad last night in their in their loss to uh, Washington. But you know, it's very much same old, same old. Nothing really has changed. Well, you can't expect to you know in 24 hours for Dave to be able to do what he needs to do. But I'm I'm assuming well, that Bruce uh, Boudreau did that with Vancouver, didn't okay, he? Okay, that's Bruce Boudreau. Hey, there it is. Greg Berube did that with St. Louis, didn't he? Oh, well, look at what's going on. Uh, Mike Yo in, in Philadelphia is not doing so great. No. Hey, listen, I wanted to go. That's an assistant coach moving into that position. 
Yeah. So I want to change a little bit of the thought now. Of course, we know we're, we're hearing cancellation tonight. We were supposed to be doing yeah. the pregame of the Leafs versus the Canucks. Obviously, the games are falling to the wayside. Here's a great comment by Al Kerr saying, here's a thought. All sports should have a three-week break near the halfway point to clear up some of the injuries and to go into a COVID protocol. What are your thoughts? I'm just going to say before that, I would think the break should come now. Don't go to the Olympics and use that three weeks to do and catch up. Your thoughts, Joe. What if you're running the National Hockey League team? Are you thinking Olympics and should we take a break? Uh, I'm I'm not running the National Hockey League. I wish I was, but I think that it's inevitable that they're going to have to uh, withdraw their participation in the in the Beijing games. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, they're losing too many games, way too many games to try and make up, and. You know, and they don't want to be playing hockey into July and August, right? It's, it's just it's just not the same. So I think that's inevitable. They're trying to hold on. I think almost that maybe Commissioner Bettman is waiting for the uh, the players, you to know, say to it. say it, you know, and and maybe the players, you know, obviously they want to be part of the Olympics. That's why they agreed to the the CBA the way they did in Olympic yeah. participation, but. Uh, you know, so much uncertainty, you know, with this new Omicron uh, variant. And obviously the numbers are spiking. We see that everywhere, yep. um, it, you know, ex, you know, touch wood, except for Manitoba right now. But I, I was listening on radio and they said everything comes to Manitoba about three weeks later. Right. Because the Jets uh, right now don't have anybody on the, the, you know, the COVID protocol list. So, you know, touch wood that continues, but uh, Nate Schmidt was sent home from practice today. They said he wasn't feeling well, okay. you know, so I just can't see, you know, the, the NHL deciding that they're still going to go to the Olympics, then come back and try to make up all these hockey games. And there's going to be more, you know, because this variant uh, seem, you know, the way that it spreads so quickly, you know, multiplying by two every few days, it seems. Um, so I, I, I think Olympic participation is out. So if that's the case, uh, then, uh, oh, I was going to just say, I was just reading a comment from the producer. Uh, you've got some, is it breaking news or is this just uh, it, a it, thought? It, it, it's nothing confirmed yet, but, uh, Dan Kongersky, uh, ex-Sportsnet reporter just, uh, kind of came out with their little report that said, uh, <clears throat> multiple teams are pushing for a pause. Um, it's just kind of coming down to the players union and it's kind of seemed like they're coming around on it as well. So, you know, maybe a pause is, is, is inevitable, but he said, uh, our friend of friend of the program, Julian Murphy will be breaking the story, uh, over the next day or so. All right. So James yeah. Murphy, it makes sense. It does. So it that obviously, if they do that, Joe, of course, thanks, Jordan. That's fantastic. Uh, thank, thank you, you Jordan. That to us. You know, what's uh, amazing here is that we're looking at a situation where everybody was talking Olympics, Olympic, Olympic. Well, I've also heard rumors in the background that they may even consider moving the Olympics. Again, just what they did in Japan, whether or not that's even feasible, it would only make sense because as this variant grows, it's got to be the same over there. Yes. Unless they're hiding something. Uh, why would you? <laughs> the Chinese hiding something? Come on. <laughs> uh, the only thing they hide is the Chinese menu when you go there. 106. So talk to me about that just as we go into that, what Jordan has just brought up. Uh, the players, would you not think the players would be the ones saying, hey, listen, this is growing exponentially. I don't yeah. want to get it. Let's take a break. 
Uh, yeah, I'm, I, I like you know sometimes you know the players I, I I would think don't like the owners telling them what to do. <laughs> so <laughs> and so I think that's probably why uh, you know Bettman and you know and the NHL Board of Governors haven't uh, really come out and said anything yet. So I, like like I said earlier, I think that it's it's up to the players you know to come to that realization that the Olympics for this year. Um, or for 2022 is is not a wise decision to go and participate in, um, you know, for their health, for their family's health, uh, with all the uncertainty swirling around. It just doesn't make any sense. I mean, the only sense, take the pause, make up the games that have been missed, and, you know, and hopefully get everybody vaccinated. So, Joe, um, I've got another question for you. Okay. Let's say they do that. Let's say they take the pause. It continues on spiking. Do they decide to maybe go back to the concept of, uh, this was actually Scott Taylor uh, giving me this thought, that they go back to the North Division? Because the border is going to get very tight as this increases. There's no way the Canadian government can pull it off and stop everybody from traveling and allow athletes to come back and forth. So could they go into a some, wow. somewhat of a bubble again, halfway, let's say it's halfway through the season? I th well, I think ever anything is possible, right? I mean, the NHL has has TV commitments, right? They've got a brand new uh, TV package, of course, right. with TNT and the ESPN, and they're getting all that money from from Sportsnet. But they only get that money if they, you know, provide the games for those networks to broadcast. So, um, you know, they're going to do everything in their power to get games played. And if that means going back to a North division um, and, you know, I can, I can see that happening. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't rule it out. I wouldn't well, here, rule it out. It makes here's sense. A, I'm sorry, Joe. Sorry for yeah. interrupting. Hey, great comment here. I'm, I was getting excited because Marty mm -hmm. Roberts is on with our pregame show with a fired up network. Uh, as you can tell, we're not having a pregame show tonight. But uh, just cancel the Olympics. That's the easy decision. Then everything else after that. I believe that they should come to, they, they must be in discussions right now. Okay, mm -hmm. listen, here's where we're at. And the most important thing, owners are going to lose a ton of money no matter which way it goes this year. Yes. So the best thing would be is eliminate the, the Olympics because then that'll allow them to make up some of the funding, you know, in that three week period that they've got out. So right. I'm, I'm hoping that, uh, yeah. The, 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 most important, comes, yeah. Yeah. the most important thing is the health of, you know, everyone, players. Yeah. the players, the, the, the support families, staff. Yep. that's the most important thing. And, you know, there's no need to put it, you know, put yourself in jeopardy or at risk. All right. So then the next question that comes uh, is the World Juniors. Of yes. course, we're going to talk about the 1982 right after this, but the World Juniors, uh, they are getting ready. Uh, Maple Leafs Campbell Keefe among five additions to COVID protocol. This is getting silly. Um, sorry, that's just coming uh, here now. So with the World Juniors, obviously these teams are getting ready to travel from all over the world. And we're putting restrictions on for people to be leaving uh, on vacations or maybe going to see mam family members in any other country. Yet we're going to allow all these young men to fly in. Do you think there's any jeopardy on the world uh, junior hockey championships in Edmonton this year? Can they maybe do the bubble that they did uh, last year or what are your thoughts, Joe? Well, I, I, I mean, I, I don't think 
I mean, like I'm not a doctor and I can't play one on TV. Yes, but, you can. <laughs> you know, you'd almost think it's impossible, you know, for them uh, to have fans in the stands. So even even a reduced number, uh, you're going to have to play, I, I would believe, in a bubble you know, you're going to have to quarantine all the teams, put heavy restrictions on, uh, you know, fans, media, players, coaches, uh, you know, the ice maker, right? The concessionaires, every, you know, I just think it's such an, you know, overwhelming, you know, daunting but they, task that but they've done I, it. I Joe. They've done it. Yes. But they had time to prepare for it. Yeah, true. This is just coming on. So, I mean, they have the experience to do it, Yep. you know? So, I mean, it would seem to make the most sense yep. right now. Well, Again, it just seems to make the most sense. That's going to be, have a, that decision is going to have to be made very quickly. I'm looking forward to hearing how they're going to take this one. It was 1982, yes. uh, January 2nd, 1982, January 2nd. Yeah, 2022. World Junior Championships. Canada wins for the first time ever the World Junior Championships, and and Peter Young is going to rebroadcast the you know the game uh, that really nobody in Canada has ever seen except for highlights on Gooch Live. Yeah, and I just wanted to add a little more historical significance to why Fantastic. that game is 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 important. So you got to look back to let's say 1976. Um, Canada's not part of Olympic hockey yet because we, we had pulled out after 1970 when they wouldn't allow professionals to play, you know, at the World Championships for Canada. And we didn't participate in the 72 Olympics. So 76, we, we go back, but we're not in the Olympics. So we're back at the World Championships, 76, 77, 77. We don't win. We hardly medal in those early years. 1976, the Challenge Cup, the NHL against the Russians, right? The Russians win six nothing in that in that final game uh world juniors you know they were sending club teams uh like the peter Peets, the cornwall royals uh hamilton fin cups no success no success at all and even in 78 when they kind of put together an all-star team the one with wayne gretzky right they they ended up in third place they didn't get to the gold medal game oh. right um 1980 who wins the the gold medal it's the americans Right, 1981 Canada Cup played in September. Right, the Russians win the final eight to one. So there was a string of about five, six years where nothing, you know, international hockey was 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 like a, a there was no success for Canada at all. So December 26 of 1981, uh, the only game that was televised from the World Juniors that year was. Canada taking on Russia, afternoon game at the Winnipeg Arena, and Canada won seven to nothing. Scott O'Neill scored three goals. And that is when a nation took notice of the World Junior Championships. And there was so much interest in that Canadian team and, and what they were going to do, you know, following that big win on, on Boxing Day. So on January 2nd, right? There was no TV. There was no radio. You know, there's no internet. <laughs> so, you know, you basically, it's, you know, you're just hoping, you know, someone you know, on the media makes a phone call to Rochester to find out. And that, that when they won the gold medal, that was when, you know, the World Junior Hockey Championships, to me, became a Christmas tradition. Yeah. 
So and there's really a little historical, you know, perspective of why that 1982 World Junior Championship victory was so important to Canada. That's absolutely incredible when you think about it. Uh, you know, when I had a chance to talk to Peter and then ask Scott, now you've added that. Scott and Peter actually drove uh, uh, from Minnesota to, uh, or sorry, from Minneapolis yep. to, to Rochester. Rochester. And then two cameras only. So it's going to be a great day. I know we're going to get uh, comments from you about it. Uh, we're really excited about that. If you could, throughout all your your travels and all the sports coverage that you had, I got to ask you this question. Is there one where you just said, like this one, for example, very historic when you think back about it? A lot of people won't have seen some of the highlights that uh, Peter are going to show us. Is there one wow. sporting event that you could just say, wow, I was there or I watched it? Um, is there one? Well, I'll give you one. I mean, the, the 1989 Grey Cup between Hamilton and Saskatchewan. Um, sort of, I guess, the greatest Grey Cup ever played. 43-40 uh, for Saskatchewan, winning on the Dave Ridgeway field goal. You know, and that was like, I think the first, that was the first Grey Cup victory for, the, for Saskatchewan since 1966 when they won their first. So that, that event was just humongous because all the people came in from Saskatchewan, you know, to, uh, to Toronto, bought up all the tickets, made that event a sellout, you know, at, at, at Sky Dome, the building was just electric and, you know, the game went back and forth. You know, it was it was just thrilling to be there and, and and to watch it. And I still remember Tony Champions. You know, when he reached back and made and twisted his body to make the touchdown catch that, you know, led to Hamilton tying the game in the the final two minutes. I remember standing up in the press box and applauding because yeah. <laughs> it was so spectacular. I think it's that's one of voted the, the number one catch of all times for the Grey Cup, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I, I think so. Totally yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, it it it. For some reason, when I watch it again on TV, it doesn't seem as spectacular. Well, you got but all it these spectacular. Yeah, you got all these guys reaching out with one finger and catching a ball. Yeah. Hey, Joe, I can't thank you enough for sharing some stories with us. I look forward to January second. I hope you have great holidays. Uh, obviously, we're living through crazy times, but I mm. really look forward to getting you back on, uh, talking more about the Winnipeg Jets as they improve. Uh, so let's <laughs> see if that if twenty. 22 changes their luck. Joe Pascucci, thank you so much, bud. Thank you, Gary. Joe Pascucci, another great Winnipeg, well, Winnipeg, uh, he was involved in my great ball hockey championship. He was calling the game. I didn't want to ask him about that. Tell him. He'd probably say, oh, Gucci, you're the best. Uh, no, he wouldn't. All right, listen, I'm just going to bring uh, Jordan up just at the last minute. There's some more breaking news, uh, and I know we're getting tired of it, but Oh my God, I think you're going to probably talk to me about somebody on the Montreal Canadiens. Arturi Lekkonen is now in COVID protocol. I mean, <clears throat> at this point, it's getting easier to say uh, which teams Who's... actually are playing. I mean, uh, we're, we're closing in on 50% of the whole league uh, being COVID protocol. Uh, well over 100 players with five teams shut down now. It gets, it gets it's getting more grim by the minute. And I am just... Uh... Siakam, Banton added to – so for basketball tonight, Siakam yeah. and Banton are added to the protocol. That's just crazy. All right, Jordan, I know we've talked almost tirelessly over this COVID situation. Is there any bright news? Can you give us something that will just make us – hey, 
<laughs> I wish I could, honestly. I, I really wish I could. I mean, I, I mean, the good thing is that Ottawa, Philly, and Edmonton and Seattle are both playing tonight. Um, we hope. We hope. <laughs> well, I've got point, that's, all, that's all I got, Gooch. I got, look at this. Marty Roberts got, wow, fresh cut. Got on lowered a little bit, yeah. You're, you're, looking, you're looking really good. Hey, buddy, I, I know that we were supposed to be doing a three-camera shoot tonight. I know it's been kind of uh, uh, changed due to the fact that COVID is with us, and uh, we will not be broadcasting tomorrow for the pregame because there won't be one. But I look yeah. forward to next week getting back. I know Monday we're going to be doing the three-camera shoot. I know your father has just arrived from Thailand. Please say hello to John, and we look forward to getting him on on on, sure. on, uh, on Monday, all right? All right. Okay. See you, good. you have a good night. All right. Always a pleasure uh, being with good friends uh, at a time like this. Of course, Joe Piscucci goes way back with me. It's really ironic that a lot of the guys that I've had over the last week are all friends of mine from Winnipeg, and they're all tremendous journalists. As you saw, uh, uh, Joe was the recipient of the 2015 CFL Hall of Famer in the broadcast uh, booth. So, And we also know that Scott Taylor is a Manitoba uh, Hall of Famer too, so it's been fantastic. Hey, listen. Thank you for sharing some time with us. I apologize that we don't have great news, but I think the day will come where we will not talk about COVID and we'll talk about the Winnipeg Jets winning the Stanley Cup in 2026. All right. Thank you for joining us. Brought to you by those good people at the Hockey News and, of course, Fired Up Network. You've been listening to Gooch Live with your host, Kerry Goulet, better known as The Gooch, brought to you by the Hockey News and Sports Illustrated. 